Talking Smack in the Rationalist Rec Room. I'm Aaron. I'm Chris. And I'm Scott. And we are the fourth pillar. So, Scott, Scott, you were talking beforehand, uh, before we decided to sit down and record, about this whole COVID thing with Trump. Can you take it away? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, we we saw last week uh, Trump got sent into the, the Walter Reed Hospital where he was being treated for COVID. And three days later, they cut him loose. Monday morning. Monday morning. So I don't know if the doctors cut him loose, but Trump determined that he was leaving. Well, well be, before he even left, though, before he even left, he took that joyride. Oh, remember? he took it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, here you go, Secret Service agents. Let's let's put you in the car. Let's have you guys drive me around so I can wave to all my adoring fans. You know, and, you know, <laughs> by the next day, he was like, yeah, I'm done with this. I, I need my... I need my publicity fix. I need my narcotics fix. I don't know what kind of fix he needed, but he was jonesing for it, and he walked clean oh, out of the hospital. Oh, he needed that Regeneron fix. Oh, oh, he, said, oh my god, he gosh. needed that narcissism fix. Right, that's, right. Let's well, be I honest. Mean, that's what that was. It was the narcissism. Um, <sighs> you know, I, I don't think anybody would be shocked to find out that Trump was also hooked on some other type of substance, like the Adder- the many many boxes of Adderall that have been seen, you right. know, in pictures in his office previously. Well, you know, I'm not saying he is addicted to it or anything. I'm just saying that there has been evidentiary pictures. Yeah, which is, which is funny. <laughs> I don't know. That, that always comes back to Trump always accuses others of what he himself is guilty of. Oh, yeah. And yeah. him going, Joe Biden must be taking some drugs. For oh, that, right. You know, to keep his, keep his mind in the game. And, yeah. and I mean, you saw uh, Trump Jr. there at the RNC convention where, I mean, this dude's coked out of his mind, obviously. He's just, <laughs> you know, just constantly sniffling. Oh, man, his, his eyes are all bloodshot and just darting around. Yeah, no, that... Well, I mean, Trump I no himself, idea. every single, every, every like three words is going. <laughs> I try to give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I don't know. I know there have been a lot of reports and a lot of pictures about it. Uh, but I've not seen any that were like, wow, that's. But like I said, I'm sure there's probably more I have not seen. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Okay, so I'm let, not sure. let, let's I don't know say. I want to bring drug use into it. Let's say he just wanted to go back to get to get back to work in Washington, you know? I mean, no, I don't think that's I think it's a, I think it's a mixture of things. I think one, uh he wants to be able to say, "See guys, I'm telling you it's not a big deal to try to downplay mm-hmm, his failures." Which is exactly what he did. Right. Uh and I think it's also a way for him to say, "Oh, look how easy it is to get over. Everybody will be fine. Don't be mad if I send people back to work even though many of you will die." Well, he's also hopped up on steroids this whole time. I mean, and there's been plenty of reports that when you're on the, these steroidal drugs, you know, you're going to hit those you, you, manic highs. Right. You're in a state of euphoria. Yeah. Right. You're not feeling what's actually happening to your body. Yeah. I mean, I, I think most people have had some form of steroid treatment from their doctor before for one thing or another. Right. And yeah, it, makes it, you it will make you feel like Superman for a little yeah. while. In fact, he, he actually did a, a call and interview where he said, I don't know. I must be a superhuman. I, I, I have superior genes. I'm a superior right. specimen of man. <laughs> you know? So I mean, he, he's he's left the Walter Reed Hospital. He's gone back to the White House. He did. He has kind of laid low at the White House. It's not like he's running around. Right. Yet. He hasn't. He hasn't been seen yeah. out in public too much. Yeah. He, right. He's pretty much stayed put. And you'll notice that his uh, his little video clips from the White House lawn. The cameras yeah. are pretty far from him. Yeah. And <laughs> they but, usually like to do this nice like. You know, torso up silhouette, but no, they were like, we're going to get this from the waist because we're not coming any closer. Well, he, <laughs> you know, and, and those cameras did still zoom in, though, and, and it was pretty easy to, to discern that he had had very labored breathing. You know, he was definitely wincing in yeah, pain while he was breathing. Like he it was, was like the, 
video of him going back to the White House where he had yeah. them do a reshoot. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, well, because the first time he comes in, he dramatically takes off the mask. Yeah, right. right, like, right. <laughs> rip it off. I don't. I need no mask. I'm. I'm Superman. So he gets to the top of the stairs. And he's like, <gasps> <gasps> right. And then you know, shortly thereafter, I mean, there's there's leaks to the media about you know from supposedly from Eric Trump saying that. You know, he's insane. He, he's ranting like this man's clearly not in control of his functions anymore. You know, and I mean, the drugs will do that. But I I, I think, or, you know, you know, just his personality. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Trump being Trump. That's the hard. That's the hard thing. Right. There's no <laughs> real way for us to know. Is this just Trump being more Trump than usual? Or is this Trump with a problem? Right. No, I mean, it could just be that it's Trump on the drugs. And when they come down, he'll come down and come back to his sensibilities. Well, I mean, and, and let's not just say that which he's, are not like a normal baseline. Just yeah, so and, everyone knows. And let's let's not say that he he's unlike what he's saying, where he's fully cured, you know, because of Regeneron and th- these other cocktails he By took. Other stocks. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, we can look at Herman Cain, where Herman Cain, you know, got sick from COVID. Five days later, he's posting, "Oh yeah, I'm feeling great. Therapy's going well." Ten days later, he's like, "I'm completely on my game again." Right, and then, then fifteen days later. Uh, I'm being hospitalized. Yeah. Thirty days, and he's rest dead. in peace. Now I haven't read any studies about this, but maybe you guys have. Um, do we know if there are any uh, in people that are asymptomatic? I think a lot of people, when they relate symptoms to COVID, they immediately go for like respiratory symptoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know that there are other symptoms involved, and I've heard of long-term damage that can happen to like your brain and your lungs yeah, because of it. Right? Yeah, we were going over that last time, and the thing is, it's indiscriminate. From age. So, yeah. So, my question would be, could the symptoms that you're being experiences be not respiratory at all, but still have had some neurological impact? I cannot speak to that. Me either. That's what I was saying. Any of the reports that I've read from both medical doctors and medical researchers has not alluded to that. That doesn't mean that that's not a possibility, but, yeah. you know, it's just like... There's a lot of... We still don't know. We can't do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually want to tangent off that thought, what you just said there. Um, Something very important. The uh, New England Journal of Medicine, since you were talking about reports from medical doctors and, mm-hmm. and what... The New England Journal of, of Medicine has, for the first time in history, uh, essentially published a condemnation of a sitting presidential administration and said, this man needs to be removed from office. He has failed in every way to take care of the well-being and health care of our nation. He's let this disease just run rampant and unchecked, killing hundreds of thousands of people, doing further, uh, you know, physiological damage to, to more, you know, and, and it, it, they're just calling him straight up inept. And, you know, that, that is, it's... It's well, shocking because it is the first time in history that, that a, a journal of medicine has done this. I feel like not only are they showing their ineptitude, but I feel like even in how they're trying to excuse it, they're showing further ineptitude. Like, look at Pence the debate uh, when he's asked, you know, America has had more per capita than any other major country in the world. Uh, that obviously shows a failing. And he's like, how dare you downplay the sacrifices that the American people have made? It's like, no. Those sacrifices were made because you downplayed it at the start, because you lied and said that it was a hoax. Yeah, and well, it, not only that, he continued to stay on stage. It's like, oh, we've always been up front. We've, and, you know, from anything <laughs> I've read, it's it's almost like Trump has been the number one purveyor of misinformation on COVID-19 from the get-go. Yeah. You know, the, the World Health Organization had declared it a, 
you know, pandemic emergency three weeks prior to Trump enacting his, uh, you know, not allowing any travel to and from China, which, you know, there was still like 40,000 people that still did over that two, two months from the U.S. Right. You know, and beyond that, there's no research to nothing that I have read, I'm not saying that it doesn't exist, but nothing I've read that is to suggest that that ban on travel to China did anything to stop or decrease potential COVID outbreak here in the States. Well, according yeah. to, to Pence, though, oh, he saved 2 million lives because, you know, he didn't the, the, save CDC, the CDC said that, that. The, you know, we, if they hadn't shut down transportation. Yeah, but, but he said if Trump hadn't. Right. Oh, okay. right. oh well, no. Dr. Fauci and uh, I can't remember the other doctor's name. Deborah. Had, say what? Deborah, Deborah. Uh, uh, I don't remember her name. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Whichever one, I, I like Dr. Fauci. I've listened to him a lot. Anyways. Dr. Fauci had told him, if you don't shut down now, if they they told Trump, if you don't do something now, there could be a potential of 2.2 million deaths. So that was Pence's claim. He didn't go on to say Trump didn't do anything about it. He left it to the governors to make up their minds. And then the ones that chose to actually shut down their individual states were right. demonized. And right. it was continued to call hoax and demand they open back up yeah. for the American people. Oh, yeah, no. he now, it was it, it, purely for stock markets. Fuck tired. You know, and, and I mean, yeah, they were, they were definitely shutting down. And you saw up in Michigan where the governor ordered the mask mandate, social distancing, shut everything down. And the right wing nut jobs all come out and say, April. Yep. yeah, in April, you know, to storm the governor's mansion in protest. And, and and what was Trump's response? Liberate Michigan, you know, yep. which I mean, those words are coming back to bite the Republican Party hard in the ass now. I mean, especially with, you know, the, the eight to 13, you know, uh, Militia men who decided that they wanted to hatch a plot to kidnap the governor. Oh, oh, oh. and important to note to anybody who's listening who doesn't already know, two of those who are arrested and are being, you know, being tried were two people that were at the 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 government house in April. Yeah, the state house. Yeah, yeah the state the, the state house in April, Congress in April, in Michigan with their guns toted. Yeah, this was a plan that they had started enacting back then and making recruits, both in Michigan and across the state lines. Right, which which was fully supported by Trump. And, and I mean, we can't say that Trump did nothing about COVID. In fact, Trump did the exact opposite of nothing. He did something. He began plans to withdraw us and, and condemn the World Health Organization. So rather than right, actually... It's their fault. It they wasn't a meaningful up. plan. Yes. It wasn't a positive plan. It was a plan of attack trying to discredit any sort of information that would in any kind of way threaten his stance on the COVID yeah. disease. He absolutely was, at, it's not just ineptitude, it was malfeasance. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of their go-to thing, like we've said before, you know, blame the other side for what you're actively doing. It's similar to that, where it's like, any view that's not ours has to be demonized, otherwise people will give it merit based on its merits. <laughs> like, so <laughs> he constantly attacks his opposition uh, to try to demonize them. Even in areas where they'll agree, he'll find one area where that overlap isn't a hundred percent, and he'll try to demonize them over that area, over that one specific uh, item. Uh, we see it in his party over and over again. I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people like myself that were raised Republican, uh, that spent a long time in the Republican Party, kind of started to move away from that party because uh, that whole mindset is not something that any political party should be based on. Uh, not only does it not align with the the views of the Republican Party, it doesn't align with any American view. It's it's how people operate in a reality show. 
It's not how people operate in government or how. Well, how just to clarify, when run. you say Republican Party, you're talking about the citizens who are members of yes, the Republican Party. Yes, not the RNC itself. Okay, because the RNC, we can definitely say, is the Trump Party. Oh, absolutely. Is it? Is it? I mean, it has been until now, but I, I think uh, there's there's been a lot of shakeup this week, especially with oh, COVID okay. being well, out. Well, explain. Or explain. with Trump being out. Um, well, I mean, there, like we said, there's been a lot of back and forth with Trump, a, a lot of manic highs and and just Trump being Trump. And, you know, one of the one of the first things he said when he was hospitalized was, oh, yeah, uh, Congress needs to pass a stimulus now. Then the minute he's out of the hospital, oh, yeah, no more stimulus. No more negotiations. I'm shutting that down until you elect me back as president. And then eight hours later. and then, Well, that's why, why eight hours later did he reverse that? Because the minute he opened his mouth and said that, the stock market tanked. Oh, you know, yeah. The stock market might be the worst indicator of, of our economic stability that there is. But what it is, is it's an indicator of how the wealthy feel about things. Right. You know, and when Trump's sitting there saying, hey, guess what? Your customers will no longer have money to spend to give to you. It's going to make a lot of wealthy people upset. Because ultimately, they're the ones who benefit from stimulus packages. Yeah, us common people, we get... Both directly and indirectly. Right, we get, to, we get to make payments on bills that we may have or buy new toys, new electronics and whatnot. More beer. But they're the ones who accumulate the wealth. It all funnels to the top, you know? And so... It yeah, stays there, by the way. It stays there. It doesn't get moved around. It doesn't get spent. And and the, the point is, is that the, the wealthy people recognize that you do have to have money moving through your economy to keep it solvent. And Trump's statements pretty much guaranteed that they're not going to be making any money. You know, we've got 30% of our of our nation, you know, facing homelessness and unemployment. Which is no fucking reason. Right, no reason. All, all these other countries have this solved. You know, we, we've got no, no stays on rent or mortgage. And, and honestly, economically, everything is collapsing. <laughs> you know, uh, Jay Powell, the... the Head of the, head of the Fed has been calling for months for monthly stimulus packages to the people. They said he has said, if you want to keep our economy functional, you're going to have to keep paying people. And he's said that multiple times in big press conferences. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, he's he's been calling for it. He's been very ad, very vocal for his advocacy of it. And and so yeah, Trump reversed that decision. Um, Trump then, as as you alluded to earlier, came out. He's he's pushing the Regeneron. The other drugs that he was taking in uh, Walter Reed, you know, things that you and I don't have access to. These, these were all experimental. This hasn't been approved by the FDA yeah, yet. We, yeah, we, 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 none of us, nobody that we know has access to top of the line facilities. No. A six bedroom suite at a hospital. For, with four, four doctors on your yeah, staff. You're, yeah. you're four like all star doctors, you know, yeah, waiting pull- on you hand and foot. You know, uh, meals, whatever you want to eat. You know, everybody's like, well, he's the president. He deserves such things, you know. I don't necessarily I mean, disagree with that. I, I don't really necessarily don't. disagree yeah. with that. He either. is supposed to be however, the most important person. However, the medical treatment he got should be available to everyone if it is actually FDA approved. Well, if it's right. actually been determined that it's safe for the masses. We don't know if it is or not because we know that it's a, a experimental. That They're not even sure. Which... Comes back to what you were saying before, Trump's kind of acting really erratic, more so than usual. Well, and I mean, if you look at it, like, America has, uh, as far as developed countries go, one of the the uh, the thinnest safety nets. If you're an American worker and anything goes wrong in your life, you could lose everything in a moment. 
Everything that you have can be gone. Yeah, it's Swiss uh, cheese is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. So when we hear him talking about uh, how it's not as dangerous, how COVID is not as dangerous as everyone is saying, and how everyone will be fine, and look, we can get over it. I just got over it. I can beat it. Everyone can beat it. Nobody's vulnerable. <laughs> right. Especially uh, not you old folks. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, but it, You're the it, least vulnerable, but It just seems vulnerable. so, you know, it seems so fake and so phony when he says things like that when people know we can't get that kind of treatment. If we could get that kind of treatment, we couldn't afford it. Oh, absolutely. Well, he doesn't, uh, if yeah, he we've doesn't lost our jobs it. because of what's been going on, so you we lost definitely your healthcare. can't afford it because we now have no health care. Right. So like, there's there's just like a series of no, that doesn't. Well, make we have any no sense. health insurance. We can still go to the emergency room and just walk away. You know, a few hundred thousand dollars in debt. They'll they'll stabilize you. ICU. They won't necessarily treat you. He has an ICU right, and another wing in true. the White House. <laughs> Right. So, so yeah, no, Trump is definitely behaving erratically. You know, there's there's all these reports. Um, I think Kellyanne Conway's daughter, Claudia, I believe her name is, you know, posting on her TikToks about how the situation is <laughs> far more dire than the Republicans are letting on. Um, and that, that kind she's of, trying to emancipate herself from her parents. Right. <laughs> Props to her. That, right. That takes a lot of. Right. Cheers. Here's I can't imagine trying to sit at that dinner table. You know, like, what is that like? Well, oh, good. I doubt they ever sit down for dinner together, man. No, I mean, so she attacked her mom for, for bringing home the plague to her. I mean, Kellyanne's cursing her out in one of these TikTok videos. But this goes back to Trump, though. And, and I need to watch that. You know, we see immediately after the debate between uh, Kamala and, and Mike Pence. Uh, Mike Pence cleared his entire schedule. He canceled every event and rally and any speaking event that he was scheduled to do and went back to Washington. Simultaneously, suddenly Nancy Pelosi starts talking about, hey, we need to clarify and draft up actual articles of removal under the 25th Amendment. The 25th Amendment was written fairly vaguely. It just simply says if the president can no longer, you know, do his duties. Fulfill his duties Fulfill his, as the head of the office of right. the United States. Yeah. His cabinet or Congress or, or some other body will determine that he needs to be removed and replaced by uh, ostensibly the vice president. Right, which you is know, outlined in the articles of you know the, the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights there. So right. it's it's already set up because then Pence would actually be the one to benefit. Right. And and it, it, it's just it's it's very telling that Pence would cancel his entire schedule and immediately go back to Washington after all of this. You know, and, and it's not like Pelosi's really trying to push to say, oh, yeah, we have to remove Trump right now. But she's saying we do need to have the legal framework established through legislation as to what constitutes the the inability to fulfill your duties under this amendment. And that is a big deal. And it is something that really should be drafted out and, and well, fully no, if, written if out. You, if you look at the majority of the amendments passed before this century, you know, the last hundred years, most of them were written pretty vaguely. Well, yeah, and it was right. done so It's a living document. It's a living document. Right. It was done so intentionally yeah, because it's the idea is that's going to change with the times. You know, I'm not saying there shouldn't be other things to, you know, support that. I'm not in disagreement with that personally. Yeah, I think... Uh... I think it is important, though, for us to set guidelines now. Uh, but I think it's also very important that we are very careful because this is also going to set precedent. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. uh, I, I think that's one time where we see the Republican Party and the Democratic Party really uh, doing this whole mutual destruction standoff situation with legislature lately where it's like, well, we're going to make these rules to get you out of here. Yeah, it's going to come back to bite us in the ass when we're in power, but well, we're going to do it right now. And it, it's a it's a terrible 
It's a terrible methodology. This is a terrible tactic to take. It is it, it, speaking in those terms, but I've actually read about what Nancy Pelosi is is trying to do here, and she actually does want to form a bipartisan committee. I don't think it's happening in this in this specific occasion. I'm just saying they need to be ex- incredibly cautious oh, yeah. about how it's written, uh, and it needs to be a bipartisan effort. Yeah, no, and 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 I, from what I've I've read, and I could be slightly wrong about this, it sounds like she actually does want to have a Republican majority in this committee determining what statutes what limitations to put into this you know what constitutes failure to do your duty you know that way it's not like oh you know it's just the democrats making a power play it's legit you know a bipartisan effort to define the role of the presidency as far as mental health goes oh so it's government working the way government is intended to work (laughs) absolutely absolutely i mean for for one of the very few times in this administration if if it actually (laughs) goes through my job will hit the floor Right. That, that's all I'm saying. I mean, it happens, yeah. but it's just so rare anymore. You know, I mean, I, I feel like it, it, they're not going to get it through before the elections or even immediately following the elections. But I, I feel genuinely that um, they'll kind of float it for a little while. They'll have it passed in the House, but they won't send it until the, into the Senate until the next Senate session resumes, which would be the new Senate after the right. elections. Right, right, right. Which would have a far greater chance of passing, ideally. Yeah, I saw a diagram online a while back about... Uh, uh, different bills that have passed and like the number of people who have crossed party lines to vote for a b- or against a bill. Uh, and like it, it, it showed a model over time. Mm-hmm. And the farther back you went, the more you realized that people voted based on their own personal beliefs and not what the party told them to do because they voted against their parties well, or, regularly. Or based on their constituents. Exactly. Right. Yeah, right. It, which absolutely. Which should be informing. Should be right. Uh, as the leadership for that state, that that should be informing their opinions and right. informing their decisions for that role. Because uh, we are a representative democracy. Yeah, and, and, representative and republic. As you look down this graph, the more and more modern you get, you see that there's just it's it's moving directly to lockstep, and we the the fallout from that is what we see here in all of this uh, struggle over what's going to pass, what's not going to pass, whose idea is better, and absolutely no concern for. Is this actually going to help people? And can we help them before it's too late for our help to do them any good? Well, I've, I've also seen those graphs as well. And I couldn't help but notice that, you know, even during W's administration, there was still a lot of overlap. There was a lot of yeah, bipartisanship. Yeah. Absolutely. It really wasn't until the Obama administration that you get that extreme polarization. Right. The line was drawn. Right. And that comes primarily I mean, it from... It was moving in that direction, but it certainly it accelerated the timeline. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it, it was an exponential jump. Yeah. And that was from the Republicans saying, you know, our entire goal is to make Obama a one-term president. You know, oh, we're, yeah. we're not trying to pass any bit of legislation under him whatsoever. Right. right. And then, you know, in a second term, completely negating the ability to make federal judge appointments. Well, I mean, yeah. right. Not, not just Supreme Court, but the federal appellate and the circuits... A lot of those were held over from the Obama administration. You know, Pence and Trump saying, oh, well, Trump's the one who appointed all these. Why did he appoint all of them? Why was he given the ability to appoint all of them? Right. It's because Mitch McConnell was just like, oh, no, we're not going to allow Mr. Obama. Well, I mean, it was also John Boehner. And, right. Which uh, yeah. crazy because, uh, uh, well, I don't agree with everything that Obama did. Uh, I could definitely find yeah, a lot of merits there. And the things that I feel that he didn't do very well weren't like insane i mean bombing hospitals is kind of insane well i mean yeah but drone strikes are insane look look at what we're (laughs) talking about here where uh you know people aren't crossing party lines because the the republicans you know last straw was obama 
But then you can't this put a black man in the White House, backing, according to Republicans. Right? I mean, I'm sorry. I'll take the tan suit every right, day like, right, over Trump talking about sexual suit. assault openly or having all of these lawsuits against him for sexual or, improprieties you know, of one sort or disparaging our military service officers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Our veterans? Right. Our, our prisoners of war? Are you kidding me? Frankly, I like those who don't get captured. And how are you going to talk about how much you care about the military when every other word out of your mouth about Biden is disparagement about him or his sons, all who served. Right. Right. Well, no. Okay. Talking about disparaging of his son, trying to make fun of his son having a drug addiction problem. What do you think that has done for people who's in their families? They have somebody who struggles with addiction. It's a lot right. of Americans. A right. lot of America. Addiction is is rampant through our nation. Right. Yeah. Of every, you know, especially of pharmaceuticals specifically, but you know, everything. Yeah, and, and, you know, you talk to people, because like, I have some close friends that have struggled with in the past uh, various things, and I know a couple of them that are still supporting them, regardless of that kind of disparity. But I don't see how anybody who has anybody in their family or any close friend that has struggled with that type of a, a drive, that type, because it is an illness. I don't, no, I don't care what anybody yeah. says. You know, you have a propensity for it, and it will... It's a choice until you make it. Right. Just like any other form of addiction. Right. Yeah. Okay, somebody had a weak moment and they made a bad decision. But there are drugs that you can literally be addicted to for the rest of your life because you tried it once. Once. Yeah. That's insane. Altered brain chemistry for the rest of your life. Well, and you're also saying, okay, they tried it. But no, it's what Aaron said with pharmaceuticals. You know, a lot of people end up with these addictions after having, you know, uh, car Hospital incidents, you know, yeah, exactly. Oh, you know, car accidents, prolonged, uh, prolonged uh, prescriptions for like oxycodone, oxycodone. Right, right. And, and I, I wasn't going to like disparage Rush Limbaugh, but he himself was one of these people that had to go through that. Had the oxycodone, you know, which you know, is strangely to me, one of the most respectable things about him. Right, is that he came through the other <laughs> yeah, side. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, Beating an addiction is Probably no joking matter. That's no small matter. <laughs> I've got respect for people that have done it. I've got a lot of respect for people that have done it. And to disparage them, uh, America used to want to pick up like our weak and our downtrodden. That was like our goal. Wasn't, wasn't that the motto on the Statue of Liberty? Right, yeah. I was about to say. You know, <laughs> the Ellis and, Island. Uh, yeah, and now that's... we're here stepping on them for political points. And it's just, it's gross to me. I it's don't gross. think that won him any political points, really. Well, I mean, I it, don't see how. I think could. it won him fanaticism points, right? Because it's all well, about in-group, out he, he already had the fanaticism. Oh yeah, well, fanatics that, are always that's his base. That's who he plays to. Right. That's who he caters to. And which, it, it, which comes back to the fanatics trying to kidnap the governor of Michigan. Oh man, you know, I, like I said a few episodes ago, I, you know, it's just ramping up. It's just we've got what you know, less than a month now until election day. And this is just the most recent crazy ass scheme that we've seen from these crazy militia guys, you know. What what's next? That's all I can really wonder. I mean, this was stopped by the FBI, but what happens when the next one isn't? Right. You, you know what? You know what gets me though is because we have touched on it a little bit already this episode, but it was the Trump's response afterwards to this. Oh yeah, yeah. That was my FBI. I saved her. Right. Why, where's where's, why, where's my thank you? Where's my thank you? Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, she's like, yo, I just went through this, and you're not going to reach out? She's like, even Joe Biden, who's not the president, reached out to me and was just like, are you I know okay? you think everything is, but sometimes it's just not about you. <laughs> right. Well, it is about him, because remember, he said in a tweet, liberate Michigan. Oh, liberate Michigan. And he said that in response to these same men storming the Capitol 
fully armed just back in April. Right. You know, well, the, the same he encouraged it. Only two of them specifically of the eight that have been arrested. He encouraged it. And, and but, I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, in the debate, ask point blank to condemn white supremacists. The best he could come up with, stand and I understand. Back and stand Hold on, by. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to take it as far as a lot of. I've heard a lot of mainstream media take this pretty far. I do understand that he stumbled over his words. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he was trying to say "stand down" or something along those lines. But still, if the best that you can muster to condemn white supremacists is "stand down," you're terrible. How about change your life? How about stop being shitheads? How about any normal any, any, human response to white supremacy? That was such a softball throw. Literally, yeah, absolutely. Team it up for you. You could have knocked it out of the park. And you went with. Instead, you slammed the stand back, on the stand ground. by? Come on. What happened to go fuck yourselves? That was a good go to. <laughs> well, you got to remember, he, he knows he knows who his base is, and he didn't want to have anything used out of context. And that's why he said, give me a specific. What group am I condemning? You know, because he, he I do didn't... like that the minute that was brought up, the first group Trump mentions is Proud Boys. Actually, Biden mentioned it first. Mm-hmm. Biden said Proud Boys. He and, said, and, Proud yeah, Boys? Okay, Trump Proud Trump Boys. Trump with that because that was the first one that, that Biden has stated. But I think that is kind of hilarious. I almost feel like that was like a Freudian association, <laughs> like a Freudian slip, but association. <laughs> Just like, oh, yeah, they probably are all pretty racist. <laughs> so, proud. so proud. Proud Boys out there. I actually know a few of you that aren't racist. But I will say, y'all you, do you, not have a good rap in these streets right you now. You know Proud Boys, bro? Like, I, know like two, I know like two or three of them. You, you yeah. should probably... Uh, They're tr- on my Facebook. Trim that, that friends list, man. Yeah. Unless you're just trying to keep an eye on them. And <laughs> yes, I'm trying to keep an eye on them. <laughs> See what the fuck they're trying to play. <laughs> Doing that reconnaissance from the inside. <laughs> hey, me and you are cool. You don't need to worry about me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, look. Smart plan. I, hey, I, I got to make, I gotta make friends with as many uh, racists as I can because I am not 100% white. <laughs> no. no. Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. That's right. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah. No, I mean, we, we definitely have. If I like some of their posts occasionally, they might not, you know, shoot me in the face. Maybe. maybe. But we, we've got plenty of reasons to say that Trump is unfit for office. I think the all the heads of the military and the CIA, all the retired ones, they all came out and said that themselves. You've got medical doctors around the world saying Trump's unfit for office. The only people who don't seem to understand that Trump is unfit for office are his cult followers who think that he's the greatest thing since bees and oh, I've, I've heard butter someone bread. call him, oh, call him gonna, Superman. Not you know to that? toot my own horn, but I'm going to throw this out here. Uh, despite having a, a, a wide Republican background, uh, I also warned everybody before <laughs> Trump even made it into office that he was not fit for office. Yeah, I'm fairly certain most of America did. Yeah. You know, yeah. most people understand. Anybody well, that I mean, read the yeah. news in the early 90s should have known. I mean, Trump set records because he was one of the first uh, Republican nominees or, or primary campaigners or whatever who actually won the nomination with having more Republicans in the primary voting against him than for him. But the, the field was just so diverse and the fact that the yeah. Republicans go with winner takes all in their primaries. Yeah, it's he, a plurality, oh, period. Right. Yeah. He only needed to hold on to that 25% base as long as he has 10 other opponents draining out the remainder 75% of the vote. So he won the first you know 10 states or so with his small 25%, but he got all of the electoral votes for that. Yeah, another per- endorsement for ranked choice voting. 
Well, I mean, this is this is party primaries. I don't care if it's primaries or not. It they they get to choose how they want to. I do, feel like party primaries should be yeah, however they want to do it. Uh, you know, that so, party that's up to them. I don't I don't particularly care, but I do think that in order for that chain of thinking to work, then parties need to be more equal, which means we need to take money out of running. No, we absolutely, take money out of out of that equation. Well, there, there's a lot of of talk now, um, especially with the almost predetermined end of Trump's administration coming up. I mean, there's a lot of talk in Republicans now, you know, saying we need to figure out a way to prevent this from ever happening again. We have to have structural changes in our primary process, in our vetting process, to where we just can't allow somebody this just straight garbage to ever gain a foothold again. You know, we have to have specific things that it says if you're if you're openly racist or if you're openly doing this or that. You're immediately disqualified. If you refuse to condemn white supremacists, I think that should be. A, I think that's right. Not a, a bad. Easy baseline, I mean, the, the problem is, is you're gonna you're gonna eliminate a lot of the Republican Party if you institute oh, those types of things. I mean, you know, I think, no man. There's they, you got they, Steve they King them, over there where I they, they call themselves yeah. the silent majority. They're they're the obnoxiously loud minority. Oh, absolutely. You know, they might be abandoned by, they feel abandoned by a Republican Party that actually stands for, like, human rights. I feel like the majority of racists honestly don't believe they're racist. I feel like there are a lot of people who have, like, no Same thing with any bigot. And, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, you could point it out to them and say, hey, but these actions are kind of showing that you're being a bit racist. It's really hard for them to put that together. can't. It, it, it's just, just like that meme it. with Patrick and SpongeBob. We're like going, so this, yeah, this, yeah, nope, yeah, yeah right, this. nope. <laughs> but you said this and this and this, uh-huh. so you're uh-huh. racist, uh-huh. right? Well, nope. nope. <laughs> but, but see, I mean, and that that comes from exposure. You know, a lot of these people who who you would categorize or classify as racist who don't believe that they are. It's sim- it's primarily because they aren't exposed to other cultures, other aren't exposed to other races. Well, also, you know, they they stay in their small little communities, right. and they don't branch out. They don't they don't interact. They don't understand. But they also the don't have friends that will tell them, "Hey, that's not cool." When they get cut off by somebody, uh, some black guy in a car while they're driving. Well, if right. those and friends are right. the, the same small town, pop out, and right. you're like, "Yeah, and, uh, no, that's not cool." You know, if if your friends also have Confederate flags on their tailgates, they're probably not going to point that out. Yeah, I mean, okay? that's fair. Right, and they're all in the same bubble. Right. They're all in the same bubble together. Right, well, that comes, I was, uh, actually, before we sat down to do the podcast, I was talking with Chris about uh, looking at some Pew research, specifically about, like, Americans' travel. And it was just, it was like 43% of Americans have never left the country, and, like, it was in the thirty percent had never even left their own state. Oh, that's and How that, that was from twenty eighteen. That was from twenty eighteen. And you know, I've actually taken part in Pew Research surveys before. Uh, they tend to keep politics out of it. Has nothing. They're just like, here's the information that we present. And it's like when you look at just those statistics right there, it paints the picture of you know, no wonder people are deluded by this mentality of American idealism. No wonder people are stuck in the racism. No I will wonder say, though, people are stuck in the 1950s. I, I think that's mind. one of the most positive things yeah. about the expansion of uh, the technological age into the Internet age. Uh, it's going to be harder and harder for you to not encounter other cultures now. And I think because of that, we're going to see the amount of racists decrease but the extremity of the remaining racists to increase. Right, right, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I agree. Because with that. they're being crowded out. It's, right, it's absolutely. It's their and I think dying that's what we need to do. We need to crowd them out. And then when it becomes a giant thing and they start acting out and becoming violent, 
We need somebody to go, hey, nip well, that in the bud. We're going to cut this out right now. We can be done with racism for a while. Well, well we, we should nip that in the bud of the police unions, then. I, well, I think that's absolutely <laughs> where it needs to start. I will say that. you Look, you can't tell me that there are this many occasions of police using improper force or arresting somebody that didn't deserve it or shooting somebody that didn't deserve it mm-hmm. and lying about it or turning off their body cam for it. You can't have that many instances of things like that happening and say that there isn't a problem systemically with right. the police. Okay, but, right? but I was actually like uh, looking at some other information, and this was based on sentencing for, I was looking at, it was two guys, this was down in Florida. Same court system. Same systems. court system, same judge. Same, same charges. Same crime, same criminal history, only two years apart in age, right? The white guy got sentenced to two years at the county jail for a, for assault, for simple for assault and battery. And the black fellow, the black young man, was sentenced to 25 years in state penitentiary. Oh yeah, systemic injustice. I mean, yeah, it's absolutely. not just the unions. This is this is rampant. Absolutely. If people can't recognize that by now, I don't know what else to do. And to th- that that is the real problem. Is get is with with these I, I, ignorant racists, not necessarily in, people who embrace racism, but the, the ones who are ignorant of their own racism. It's very hard to get them to understand institutionalized racism. Yeah. It's very hard because they That's they're true. not affected by it. They don't right. see it. They don't That's live true. it. And it's until that they're. It's not until that they're going to accept institutionalized racism that we're going to be able to de- defeat racism. It's almost like trying to convince somebody who is colorblind but has never heard of colorblindness right. that they are colorblind. Like, how do you explain that? Right, to you them? can show it. This to them. is not blue. This <laughs> is actually green. I know you think it's blue, but this color that you've been saying blue your whole life is not blue. It looks different to everybody but you. How do you how do you do that? Right. How, how do you explain that to somebody? Uh, exposure. That's yeah. really the only way. It's the only way. You have to pick them up out of their 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 safety bubble, their their safe space. You have to get them to relate yeah, well, to other th- people. That's the, for that isolated example, sure. But we're talking about you know, was forty three percent of the nation, approximate. I'm guessing. But, you know, that's how the number of people that supported Trump, right? Or, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I, no, I think no, he was, got was 48% of the vote. I think a 48% lot of, the vote. A lot of that was anti-Hillary sentiment. I mean, it, it could have been. I mean, but look, whether look, you want to say that was base. sexism or not, I mean, either way, I, I feel like Hillary was I was a also anti-Hillary. Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I, I was anti-Democrats. anti-democrats you know? Yeah. So, you know, I, I wrote... Yeah, I'm, I'm an far to the left of the Democratic Party. I, I see the Democratic Party as yeah, being I, another face of the Republicans. I'm so. not far to the left of the Democratic Party, but I can see that both of them are on fire <laughs> it's, it's hard to miss the fire from here <laughs> so yeah i mean so we've got you know the the traditional republicans saying hey how can we rebuild this party how can we fix this i i think it's done i, I think that it's just going to burn up with, with trump trump is taking it over the edge and, and i think that they will be embraced by the the democratic party i mean we already saw kamala at the debates you know defending biden's stance on fracking on his uh, opposition to expansion for Medicare for all, you know, at a time, as you mentioned earlier, Aaron, where, you know, tens of millions of people are losing their jobs and losing their access to health care in the midst of, of a global pandemic. We don't, you know, the Democratic Party has no intention whatsoever of expanding oh, no, medical no, no. A- medical care no, access. No universal, you know, medical care 
you know, provider. No uh, Green New Deal. And right. You know, when COVID first hit, I thought the exact opposite was going to happen. I was like, oh, look, finally, there'll be some impetus to, like, <laughs> get right. us to look really at the health This is the catalyst. So, this yeah. is the catalyst that will... I was you like, really all thought- these people losing their jobs is going to hit the economy hard. The government's going to be like, hey, we got to be able to fix this, Chris, so we need to get health care. Chris, Chris, what color is the sky in your world? I don't know, man. <laughs> it's an azure blue. It, it's a bright, optimistic blue. Yeah. That's what it is in my Wrong. world. I've a lot of gray skies out here today. You know, Which when is the- why I can't really appreciate either party very much, right? Uh, I live in a world where I want things to be better, and the only way that for them to get better is for me also to be better. So... Right? I mean, that's that's, that's what my optimistic little bubble here. That's what everybody wants. They want life better for themselves. And the only way that they will embrace change is if they can be made to understand that that change will benefit them. Yeah. And there are... The more you improve yourself, the more the world around you will improve in your eyes. Because you will feel more responsible and more capable for yourself. Uh, and I think that that's what people need to not be just instantly convinced by, you know scare advertising for political parties or right all these different tactics that are being taken if people had enough faith in themselves to do real research and actually come to real conclusions and to be able to trust their own judgment they would not be as susceptible to the leadings of either party right now Uh, both of them are just preying on people's fears chris uh you said doing real research uh most people don't even understand what research is. That's true. If right. you don't understand yeah. what that is, if you don't have a, a expertise or lean in, I'm sorry. You're watching your 10-minute videos on YouTube. You're, you're reading your little posts from QAnon. That's not research. You're no. listening to crazy guys doing a podcast telling you all about the politics of the day. Right. We're your research. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> we're, giving you, is- we're giving you the raw, <laughs> uncut Straight up truth as we understand it. <laughs> the emphasis on as we understand it. As we okay. understand it. Research is uh, meticulous. <laughs> it is planned. It's it stuff is, that nobody has time for. It, yeah, it, it, it is not something you just sit around on way. Saturday mornings doing for fun. Research is hard work. <laughs> it's difficult, and it gets really annoying sometimes. And and well, if you you if can you, read up on a subject, that's if, not research. If anybody listening has you know actually gone to school, like higher educations, I, I'm I'm you know I'm not disparaging anybody who hasn't. But for those of you who have, and you have gone to speak to your teachers for any reason after class, your professors. And they have specific office hours. You can't find them. You go to their their laboratory or their study. That's their job. They their full time job is research, and that takes up ninety percent of their workday. They're they're there teaching a couple of classes, but real research takes your life. Yeah, that's dedication. And we're, we're not talking about a ton of subjects either. Right. This is one. They're yeah. one particular field. Of and study. often in their entire lives, all of those relate into one larger category, right? So mm-hmm. they've done research and all of these things that relate to this one specific idea that they're chasing, and that's the area in which they are an expert because they've done so much research right. on all the constituent parts of that one component of science, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not just science, history. Well, yeah, art. absolutely. It yeah, matter. Just writing it. But, right. but yeah. the idea that any, no matter how good the video, that any amount of YouTube videos could put you at that level of expertise is, is ludicrous to think. Yeah, that it's you the would be most. It's the most egoist thing I can think of to say. But 
this is this is the really big selling point for a representative Republican like we have because you need those experts those experts in the reason the people who have dedicated their lives to understanding the ins and outs of our government our history how things have fun functioned those are the people that you need to be running for office those are the yeah. ones that you need to actually be making the decisions agreed you know none of us have the capacity to make decisions on an expert level about any given subject you know okay, but this you can't back. have a, a pure democracy you know like some of my you know social socialist communist brethren <laughs> love <laughs> you know because you not everybody commies. is knowledgeable not everybody's knowledgeable you have to have elected representatives you have to have okay, people who are experts or who are willing to work with the experts. That's what I was about to determine. To, that's what I, w- I wanted to make sure you got to that point, right? Because that's the key point. Because somebody who is running as a statesman who understands the ins and outs and workings of their political system, excellent. They should be in that position, but they shouldn't be there if they are unwilling to listen to both their constituents and experts in the fields that they're going to be on the panels and boards of. Yeah, that they need to have a full understanding of things. And try, and this comes back to what we're saying. Even, I think what we should expect from our superior court of trying to set our biases aside, the same needs to happen in both Senate and Congress as well. Oh, as the absolutely! Office. I, I right. totally agree with that. You I've mean, said before, like when you become president, you're president of the entire United States, right. not Everyone. just your party. Every that city. now has become your responsibility, and I feel like the inability to put aside what you think for the greater good of the country as a whole uh is trump's largest failing like yeah. if we look at at like his the background tariffs. like the tariffs yeah absolutely almost every economic advisor he had told him exactly do not do these tariffs it will hurt our economy it it will not lead to a positive situation for us and every single one of them has been right yeah. instead he listened to the crazy nut jobs the one or two you know isolated in economists who were telling him otherwise, and he said, oh, no, I'm going to start a trade war. And, you know, what kills me the most about that is the number of people that were like, oh, Trump is a really good businessman. That means it will do our economy a lot of good. I'm like, hold on. Those are not even close to the same thing. Business and economics correlate. are not yeah, the same. Yeah, not, not even close. Like, uh, the the just the difference in scale and that you're looking at. And was he a good businessman? Was he really? Yeah, he wasn't. Not even a little <laughs> bit. Especially not if you look at his taxes. Like I said, if you read anything about Trump, like late 80s, early 90s, you would have known from the jump, not a right. good I candidate mean, How many of the businesses that he started have failed? And <laughs> how often has he declared bankruptcy? And how many times and... when he's failed or declared bankruptcy did he completely bilk the construction workers right. and construction pat- companies out of their money? The, the the buck onto them. 100%. Right. Walked away bill, with his money. The them, and he says, the dollar stops with me. So, <laughs> so yeah. So we've box. got a, we got a president who, who shuns expertise. Um, basically is, is simply just going off the flow of whatever influencer comes up to him next and says that we can just make, make you as much money as possible. That, that's all he goes for. Yeah. And it's not a way to run a country. It's not a way to run the world. It's not a so way to run can, anything. Well, the goals are totally different, right? The goal of a business is to make money. That is not the same goal as a country. Right. The goal as a country is to protect your citizens, to provide for your economy, to have to a make sure solid that, infrastructure, right? To, to make sure that your global position is secure. Uh, but no, we've we've seen none of that. Well, I think we've touched on some really good points here today. Yeah. Uh, you, you guys There's ready so to take a break? More, get some, yeah, some food. Yeah, so I think that's more. a good situation. All right. All right, uh, listener, thanks for uh, tuning in. You can check us out at www.forgottenforth.com. 
Make sure to check us out on Facebook. Uh, like and share our posts. Uh, join the page. Be a subscriber. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor FM, Stitcher, Stitcher anywhere you can find your podcasts. Um, thanks for listening. This is The Fourth Pillar. I'm Aaron. I'm Chris. I'm Scott. Signing out. Catch you guys next time.